0: Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Friday, March 17th, 2017. Uh, It is our first Nintendo News Report since Penny Arcade Expo East. It is our first uh, Nintendo News Report that has some removal from the Switch launch. So our thoughts of stewed. It's the first Nintendo News Report that's on St. Patrick's Day. That's not necessarily true, but definitely in 2017 it is. It's the first uh, Nintendo News Report. I beat Zelda. It's a lot of firsts and joining me for this exciting podcast today. One Donald Terrio. Hello, Donald Terrio.
1: Hello. Um you might notice neither of us is wearing green. I don't have any I don't have any readily available Irish heritage to worry about. So I'll just pinch myself now and get it over with.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm half Jewish and half Greek, well, ethnically, which, mean, which means which means I have I have no horse in any <laughs> ethnic, racial, race whatsoever.
1: Yeah, your yours is next month, as I recall.
0: Uh, what's next Rem- month?
1: Uh, Easter and Passover.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was baptized, so I don't identify as Jewish, but. My mom is the one who's Jewish, so Jewish people claim me as their own. I accept everyone. I love everyone. That's a little beside the point. It is the week after Switch came out. And one thing I'm curious about, Donald, is you are telling me right before the show, you have the Switch, but you're playing Zelda on the Wii U. And I understand... That maybe you wanna, do, maybe there's some feeling of closeness that you feel to the Wii U version that I appreciate and respect. My question for you is, what are you playing instead of Zelda on the Wii U or on the Switch?
1: Uh, well, I picked up Blaster Master Zero today, so i mainly okay. playing that. But yeah, I think most of my playing time at this point has gone into, gone into Zelda and pecking away at Shovel Knight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rorona Zero says over under on how late the show starts today. Ten minutes. We actually started it almost on time. We were only like two or three minutes late today.
1: I think we, we were like a minute going by my <laughs> clock, but that's we'll we'll leave that up to YouTube to decide.
0: So you're just playing Blastermaster Zero for the most part.
1: Yeah, I, I and I only got that today because, like I said, most of my most of my energy the last couple of days after I recovered and and apparently managed to dodge Paxpox. So. At least they don't have to worry about that part of the experience was, yeah, just Zelda and Wii U.
0: That's right. This was your first Penny Arcade Expo, Donald. Uh, Did did you have a good time?
1: Um, I had a good time except for when I couldn't find anybody that I was trying to meet up with, which happened more often than I thought. But that's just me handling crowds doesn't go over too well.
0: Well, the thing about PAX East and the thing about all conventions that you learn is that it's a wonderful opportunity to get in touch with yourself and then to have some solo dates because I, I always had a great time meeting up with Neil and Zach and the gang, but they were always off playing board games and I wanted to see the show floor. So a lot of that expo was me talking to people I had met before and walking around the show floor and doing my thing there.
1: Yeah, I, I... There was something I, I meant to do while I was there, but just didn't get a chance to, because when I had a chance, it was gone. But I wanted to play a Saturn for the first time. I didn't get a chance. The
0: showing on the retro console front was a little worse this year. One, because PAX got way more crowded, and I'm not sure why. Like, like Maybe they sold more tickets, but I'm not sure.
1: They, they sold more tickets, and also it was really freaking cold in Boston that weekend. So there was a lot more people in just huddling in the convention center trying not to get frostbite.
0: Sure. So, what you were left with was absurd lines for games like Ukulele that at past PAXs would maybe be a 30 minute line, are now a two hour line. And then, even indie games that look mildly cool, but like Giant Bomb didn't hype them up and there wasn't like that panel pressure or anything, they still had lines of 10, 15 minutes for the most part.
1: Yeah. I I didn't get a chance to try out Steamroll Dig 2, partly because of those lines. And the one indie game that I did. I did sort of go off reservation to try. Um, was an older build that I ended up breaking about five minutes in.
0: Which game are you talking about?
1: Uh, Cosmic Star Heroin. I kind of got jammed into... I, I had picked up an item from a chest. And when I got out of the item get screen and equipped it... Oh, I can't move out of the way of the chest. Oopsie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so so, so it, sound, it sounds like some indie development uh, issues
1: yeah and i i actually asked because uh i backed that game on kickstarter so i, I and i've worked i've actually done a i did a telepon segment with the guy who, with the main programmer so i asked him hey like hey is this gonna be a problem in the final he's like yeah that builds several months old
0: yeah so one thing i notice about this show and i won't and i will intentionally not do this but as someone who's been doing this since the end of 2014 I know that people leave and stop watching the show as soon as we talk about indie games for more than five minutes, which is a difficult thing to do for PAX East because PAX East is the show that's basically all indie games and also a three hour line for League of Legends or, or,
1: uh, or the Nintendo booth
0: or the Nintendo booth instead. But Donald of every game you played at PAX East, which one are you most excited about? Um,
1: of the stuff that I played at PAX East, honestly, I think it is Cosmic Star Heroin. And it's not just because I backed that thing two and a half years ago, but it seems like it's it's the first thing that actually might hit that 16-bit RPG hole in my heart that I've had since, well, pretty much it'd be Chrono Trigger on the DS.
0: So it is a JRPG throwback. I have not heard of the game before it today. Is,
1: it is a, yeah, it's a, it's uh, it's sort of taking elements from Chrono Trigger... The Lunar Games on Sega CD and Fantasy Star. Right. So it's very sci-fi, very sci-fi focused as well. Cool. Nice little uh, break from all the fantasy I'm getting right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I played Mr. Shifty. Is, is that the one I'm thinking of? Mr. Shifty? Yeah, yeah the Devolver... No, that's, that's Tiny Build. It's the Tiny Build game that's coming to Switch next month. And that game is a game made for people who really love Hotline Miami. And no, they're not getting a Hotline Miami. Th- know that they're not getting a Hotline Miami Three, so they want some alternative. Mr. Shifty is a very faithful Hotline Miami-like that is very melee-centric and is hard as hell, and is really fun and controls really tight. And there was some slowdown, but if you love Hotline Miami you will like Mr. Shifty when it comes out next month, and if you haven't played Hotline Miami, you should play Hotline Miami, because I think it's, it's probably one of the finest indie games I've played.
1: And I, think, I believe it runs on the PS4, so I can boot that up until I... Because um, the other thing I learned at PAX is that the... Uh, is just how bad the Canadian exchange rate can be sometimes. So um, I was supposed to get a Vita this week. That ended up getting delayed. Oh boy, that's no good. Yeah. We did have a panel at PAX East, Donald. That was exciting. Yeah. That that I was nervous as all hell, and then the lights—you know—the red light went on, and it's like, okay, let's just let's get through this. And uh, if you want to hear the audio of that, that is actually on our iTunes feed, which is yes, also linked is. in the article, or the standard RSS feed is also linked in the article on NintendoWorldReport.com.
0: That's right, Donald. The Nintendo News Report is on iTunes. You should also review us on iTunes if you have the means. It's, it's, I'm, I'm really working towards getting us some kind of rating on the iTunes page. I don't care if it's one star or five stars, or if it's three stars or four stars, just some honest rating of stars underneath our podcast, because it means someone's listening, and that's going to make me feel good. There's no monetary benefit. To to me personally, or you personally, to any of this happening, it just makes us feel good, which is why I ask for it every single episode.
1: Yeah, and the and the video of that um, is still in the works because I know there's still a lot. There was a lot of video taken at Pax, and it's it's trickling out as as our video team can get at it.
0: Yeah, I've been talking to Jared. The video version should be coming as soon as possible but i don't think it'll be like nintendo world report panels in the past where they'd never get around to being on youtube like i think this one's actually gonna get on youtube it's just a matter of time i I gotta bug them every every so often and see how it goes but yeah donald i agree with you i i was extremely nervous i was i was a little a little handshaky at first going out the gate i was a little awkward because like we filled up the entire room they said the capacity was 400 people, but I still counted like 250, 300, which is still a crazy impressive amount. And the one thing I was most surprised by with the panel dynamic versus the podcast dynamic is that if you are hosting a panel, you have to do 80% of the ta- the talking, because that is the only way you will finish the panel on time.
1: Yeah. And we were, and I know we were all checking the phones, like, okay, are we on track here? Uh, We got maybe we have an extra minute or so at some point down the line, but yeah, that you did a really good job keeping us in line for that whole thing, and uh, I'm I'm glad I didn't throw up on stage.
0: (laughs) Thank, thank you, Donald. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was fantastic. If you see slash listen to this, and you came to the panel, thank you very much. If you listen to the audio version of the panel, thank you very much. She's the video version. Thank you very much and there were a few people who came up to us after the show and said that they have actually like seen our podcast before, which is a really good feeling because I'm under the assumption that it's like the same three people who watch this show every week with a few people who see us on the main website page go in for a minute and a half and then bail and it's good to see. That even if it's a smaller number, there's still some people who are watching our show and listening to our show, because this thing's been at it for a year and a half, Donald, and
1: I, almost I, two now I think because I, I December. PAX, what'd you, what you were we saying? I'm saying because this this started in December 2014, and uh, day one of PAX was actually my two year anniversary. Actually oh, that, that's what it.
0: I was saying. Yeah, two and a half years. Or no, you, it's. Two and a
1: half years. It, yeah, two and a half years. You said a year and a half there. But, oh, yeah, 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 two and a half years.
0: Yeah. But, so it's been going for some time. We're at like 120 episodes, counting the video and audio version. So being able to do a PAX seized panel was a really good feeling. And also being able to talk to an audience and then engage with an audience and then even be able to make an audience like chuckle or laugh a little bit once or twice is my favorite feeling in the world. I,
1: I don't know how valuable that, that case we all signed afterwards is going to be, but I, I just can't believe we had the, we were asked to autograph things. It was really weird.
0: Wait, was that at the Nintendo air? No,
1: that was, I, I think that was after ours. At the oh, very God, least. I was, we had,
0: I was not yeah. asked to sign anything. I, I guess I'm not that cool. then. To... <laughs> I, yeah, okay,
1: it, it might have actually, now that I think about it, yeah, it might have been Nintendoware, which was fun in itself, even if, uh, I think we, um, I think we might have, scar- I know, I know that the kid that we had on stage, he was a contestant before, but he, we got really unlucky with what questions came up when he was on stage. Mm.
0: Flame and Ashes says, I listen every week and love it. Keep up the great work. I always look forward to the opinions and views of you guys. Thank you very much, uh, Flame and Ashes. Also, Patrick corrects us. Yes, it was Nintendo Air that that happened at. Okay. <laughs> which, which, is, which, is, which is very exciting. Yeah. yeah, so how was Nintendo Air? Because I, I had, like, work work that I had to do on Saturday, so I was only able to go on Friday and Sunday. How, how'd that go, Don?
1: Uh, it went pretty well. We actually went through... We had six games prepared, and we went through every single one of them. That's good. Were you on stage for that one? um yeah i i just was i was sort of just backstage so i could do like pronunciation for some of the trickier questions on there Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: you know what that's pretty cool donald you were on zero panels before and now you were on two in your your own way at at the very least you were absolutely on one of them
1: yeah and and i i was a sort of co-writer i i had the opportunity to look over some of the the questions, because Zach mostly wrote that. Although I did, I did kick in a, about a game and a half worth of questions. That's a lot
0: of questions.
1: Yeah, and um, my and my million dollar questions weren't were booed out of the building, unlike Zach's. Yeah, yeah.
0: What else do we have here? I think that covers packs for the most part.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> we'll have some more more preview stuff. Um, we had. I was actually able to to go to a Nintendo meeting as well. I sat in on uh, with Neil on the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe stuff, and we also got a look at Fire Emblem Echoes. The impressions for that are both on Nintendo World Report right now.
0: Echoes, it seems, way too soon to say anything, which is weird yeah. because the game comes out in a month slash yeah. two months in uh, North America.
1: <laughs> I, I have still have so many questions about that game, and I'll find out in a month, pretty much like everybody else.
0: It looks cool as hell, Fire Emblem Fates kind of left me high and dry on the series. At the very least, releasing three of the same game at the same time as a direct sequel to another game. They really needed to do something different with Fire Emblem for their next they game. Are, and and they um, doing
1: they're doing something really different with that. With Guys.
0: They're doing a mobile game followed by Echoes, followed by a Warriors game, which and might then, be the palate cleanser we need before the real game next year.
1: Yeah. It's all, it's, Fire Emblem, I think, is becoming an A-tier franchise for Nintendo. Yeah. If, if, it, if it hasn't already, I mean, this year will probably prove it.
0: Yeah, getting back to Blaster Master a little bit, looping back around to Switch. We do have a news story or two. But And we were going to talk about those first, but I'm kind of liking the groove we're going in. Donald, 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 tell me, do you like Blaster Master?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm liking it so far. I think it's, I, I, I'm trying to remember if it was Dr. Metz or someone else who said that it was basically Metroid Zero Mission for the Blaster Master games.
0: Which is interesting yeah. because a lot of people are not liking that Blaster Master game
1: i don't know it's uh, the the people that are really in that are that are into it are really into it like i know we gave it a nine and i may not agree at this point i'm still pretty early on in it but i i it's i picked up the controls the expanded controls really quickly and i'm i'm enjoying it quite a bit i i could see it being a nine when it's all said and done
0: okay no that's cool i i only played it at pax east and the guy at the Pax East booth called me Michael Sarah, so like he he was already on my shit list immediately uh, because I get Michael Sarah every week and a half now, and at every single job I have, which is weird because a lot of people like I tell them people say I look like Michael Sarah, and then they're like, no, you don't look like Michael Sarah, and then other people are like, no, 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 you look. It's a number one way to get on Alex's shit list. Tell me, looks like a character from Super Bad. Either one, it's either one is just as bad. I, I don't take it that personally. It's cool. Blaster Master was all right. I actually like the HD Rumble on that game quite a bit.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. This is the first game in a long time where I've actually felt well. At least since the Virtual Console version of F Zero X, where like yeah, the Rumble is is noticeable and helpful.
0: Yeah. And this is the first game you've played on your Switch? You also played Othello. Uh,
1: Othello, I reviewed that. I reviewed I Am Setsuna, And I have Fast RMX. I've put a little bit of time into that. And I've been pecking away at Shovel Knight. But this is like the first game I've played on my Switch really since I got back from PAX East. Because once I got back from PAX East, I dove right into Zelda.
0: Which is interesting to me. Because Fast RMX and Shovel Knight are probably the best indie games in the Switch's library right now. I've been playing a crap ton of fast RMX. I, I unlocked every single car in that game. I unlocked every track in the regular speed mode, and then I've, I moved on to the next speed tier, the 100cc equivalent. And then I even played a few of the F-Zero Hero Mode tracks, and I played a little bit of the online That is an excellent racing game from the ground up. I never played the original Fast Racing Neo, but this is an excellent racing game from the ground up. My main criticism is that it might have the worst rubber banding in any game I've played, which I don't want to be the guy who's throwing around of all time, of all time, of all time. But Mario Kart invented the rubber banding, or at the very least because they they copyrighted or trademarked I'm, I'm trying. What's what's the phrase patented. I'm looking for? They patented the the rubber banding as an actual game mechanic. That is a fact. But Fast RMX does it worse than any Mario Kart game I've ever played because I can beat the Mario Kart games. I cannot beat the last cup or two of Fast RMX. Despite that, I'm having a great time
1: yeah i'm i i got a, a few tracks in but i had to i had to put it aside to concentrate on the review stuff so now that i'm sort of free clear from that until, at least until the end of the month um yeah I'll, I'll I'll try to dig back into it it's just i've got this you know ninety hundred hour potential game that i'm trying to play through to send my wii u off yeah we'll be talking about zelda We we
0: have a couple smaller games I just want to run through real quick and then we will get to Zelda immediately. I also played Shovel Knight. The original Shovel Knight is an excellent, excellent, excellent game. Also like Hotline Miami, one of my favorite indie games. Specter Knight's the new one, right?
1: Specter Torment is the latest one. Yes,
0: Specter Torment. It's good. But these 9s and 9.5s and 10s, I don't quite see it yet. Because that game plays like it's repurposed levels. It doesn't play like a super original from the ground up platformer. And the Specter Knight mechanics don't necessarily feel on point 100% of the time. It's it's a little finicky getting them to platform sometimes. And it occasionally errs into frustrating territory more than hard, challenging, fun, retro territory
1: yeah i'm like i'm i'm picking i'm like I said, i'm just picking away at it here and there i i think i'm through a couple i'm through a couple of levels and the the sort of rocket jumping with seeing which enemies can do that it's kind of cool but when you're trying to do it over you know really large pets that can get somewhat annoying
0: mac 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 Cox, uh Makes the point the Super Nintendo F Zero has much worse rubber banding than Mario Kart. At least Mario Kart showed the locations of the other racers on the map. F Zero just stuck a razor right behind you, which is a very good point. I love the original F Zero. In the same way you love a retro game that you really only made 10 to 20 minutes of progress in, but you love playing that 10 to 20 minutes of progress over and over again, that's the way I love F Zero. And I recognize that maybe Fast RMX is keeping up the faith with, with F Zero and mean, making really shitty AI that really f's you up.
1: Yeah, although I mean, they hired the F Zero GX announcer for those for Fast RMX, so they they know they know where their bread's buttered.
0: Riza asks an excellent question. The fuck is rubber banding? Let me tell you, Riza. rubber banding is a mechanic that is often used in racing games. It's used in some other types of games, but think racing games. It's a mechanic that prevents you from getting too far ahead of the other racers. So if you're in first place and you're doing really good, you're hitting all the turns perfectly, a way rubber banding might catch you up is that some of the racers might start going at Impossible speeds for the game in order to catch up to you. Some of them might be making perfect turns. In fast RMX, you can use the boost mechanic, and there are some racers who will, like, who you're in second place, they're in first place, you'll use the boost, and, like, you didn't break any distance whatsoever. Rubber banding is a mechanic that basically keeps the pack of the other racers around your location at almost any cost.
1: Yeah, and you'll you'll also see it in sports games where, if you're playing on a if you're not playing on like the easiest difficulty, you're not gonna. You, if you go up like I don't know, 21 to three in a game of Madden, uh, the computer's gonna start pulling off some stuff that maybe they wouldn't do normally. Like maybe they suddenly like every quarterback suddenly turns into Tom Brady.
0: Yeah, Even if exactly. You're playing
1: like Tampa Bay or something.
0: Yep. You are 100% right, Donald. Sean McCord adds rubber banding is the worst thing in a racing game. Yeah, it it is one of my least favorite things in a racing game, though I can't really think of a great alternative. Some Xbox games, like the Forza games, have this Drivatar thing where they use actual people almost, or they use AI inspired by actual people to make more accurate-feeling AI. I think that's the way it works.
1: Yeah, that's... That's pretty much how they advertise it, and from I haven't played them myself, but from from what I've heard from people who play these racing games in for serious, they are finding that the more recent Forzas are have way better AI because of that system.
0: I bet. Yeah, I played Forza Horizon three, and the competition felt stiff but generally fair almost all the time. Last game I want to talk about before we move on to Zelda is Voez. I I got a review code for Voez for for another outlet, and that game is a very cookie-cutter rhythm game. You tap things when the music, when the J-pop plays, you tap the screen at the right time. Sometimes you hold, sometimes you slide. If you played Hatsune Miku, it's like a more simplified version of that. Citus, which is made by the same people, is relatively similar type of thing. If you've played any button pressy, tappy tappy, holdy holdy rhythm game, it's cookie cutter, it's fun, the mechanics work. It has a whole lot of music. The only problem is that almost none of it is good. Hmm.
1: I'm I'm curious because that game is touchscreen only. What happens if you dock it? If you dock the game while while you're playing Voa, Dock the Switch while you're playing s.
0: What happens, if I remember correctly, because I think I tried it once very quickly, it'll display a little note on the top of the screen that says, this game can only be played in handheld mode. Okay. Sean McCord says, so Rhythm Heaven? Yes, almost, except Rhythm Heaven used those kinds of mechanics and then make other kinds of games based around that. This is more, look up Hatsune Miku, Dance Dance Revolution guitar hero, there's clearly a music lane, like music lane rhythm gameplay. Yeah. It's that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And it is a port of a mobile game. So in you lieu of a demo, you can get it on iOS or Android. The I didn't realize how what a value this thing was because until someone pointed out to me on Twitter that to get the equivalent of the songs you can get in the Switch version, you'd be out a hundred bucks.
0: Yeah which makes it a great deal if this is a game you really want. And I, and it's unfair of me to say that every, game, every song is poor because I only went through 10 or 20. It's just I went through about 10 or 20, and I was like, I don't like this song, I don't like this song, I don't like this song, I don't like this song. When I'm like your standard Vita rhythm game because I've played just about all of them, it's okay, maybe this one or this two doesn't gel with me, but I really like this one. I really, really like this one. And this one's pretty good. This one, not so much, but this one's really good. Like, usually the hit rate in, like, a Hatsune Miku game or in DJ Max is much, much higher than what I'm getting out of Boaz so far. But maybe they're just choosing quantity over quality, and there is the same number of good songs in this game. It's just... There's a lot of songs in this game.
1: Good, Yeah, so it's like finding a needle in a haystack.
0: Right, right, right. Which brings us to the big topic of the day. That's a video game and not a news story. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I beat it. Donald just started it. Donald, we're going to start with you. What how how do you, how much Zelda have you played? Uh, Where uh, are you without any spoilers and what do you think of it?
1: Okay. Well, I'm I'm playing this a little differently because I'm tre- even though there is a character option that was not included in this game intentionally i'm playing it like it was there so i had to i once i got off the first area i had to run to one corner of the map to get a certain outfit and then dart my way across the map to get to the point where the plot was sort of directing me to go so i've i've played it uh betw- i've played it about i think 7 or 8 hours at this point and i'm just i'm just hit the first full town okay but but i am treating even though there's no female link in this game i'm playing a female link
0: you can play a female link pretty easily in that game yeah. mostly yeah. because link looks relatively androgynous in that game
1: yeah, and there there was a ver and in and there is a part of the game that you have to wear a specific outfit that makes you appear more feminine to actually get into it. So basically what I did was after I got off the Great Plateau, I went to that area, grabbed the outfit, which involved some actual horse trading, and then I just bought that and resumed the plot such as it is.
0: That must—I know what you're talking about. We won't talk any more about that specific part. That's—that must have been a really challenging thing to do for someone who only had three hearts, four hearts.
1: I had three hearts. Uh, My—I blew my first upgrade on stamina, and actually, I did my second on stamina as well. So I still only have three hearts. Yeah. But I, yeah, it was—it was very tricky. But thankfully, because what happened was I got the game about two and a half weeks ago. But because of Pax East, I didn't want to get, like I wanted to play it after Pax East because mm-hmm. I was gonna it was it'd be a giant interruption. So I gave a, my roommate beat it before I started playing it. Oh
0: boy, that does that. Were you able to do two different save files?
1: Uh, we each have our own Wii U's. but oh, even I, if we mm. even if we don't, uh, you just have to make a different like use a guest account or make a a fake NNID. ID.
0: Oh, and then you can just play a different file.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, the, the, at least on Wii U, the save, the save file is bound to whatever user identification you've chosen. Do you like it? Uh, I'm liking it. I, I've finished one 3D Zelda game in my life, and that was Ocarina. I can see myself finishing this. I just don't know when that's going to be because, well, we've got a bit of a time limit here because of a certain game coming out in about two and a half weeks.
0: Yeah, there's a certain game that's going to take your heart that comes out in early April.
1: Yeah, and steelbooks are a mistake, but anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which which I'm in the same camp. I'm eagerly awaiting Persona 5, so I'm not rushing through Zelda and Nier Automata, which came out within like three or four days of each other, but I am playing them very expeditiously, to the point that, Despite getting Zelda on March 3rd and Nier on March 8th or whatever, I have beaten Zelda 35-ish hours, 37, 35, 37. The Switch isn't very specific with how many hours you played, but it seems like between 35 and 40 it, it took me. And I have beaten one of the endings in Nier Automata, which means I'm technically ready for Persona, except for the fact that these are both games that don't exactly end once you beat them, which is not a spoiler for Zelda. It's just Zelda is a huge game so that even when you beat it, there's still, like, way more to do.
1: Yeah, you because you can go out and hunt for... hunt. There's still potentially shrines to do even after you beat the game. Like, we know the speed... Like, the speed running record for this game is under an hour, so we know that it's possible to critical path the game and beat Ganon. But it's whether or not you're going to how much you want to do. Like, I'm thinking I'm at least going to want to get to where I normally get to in a Zelda game before I go after Ganon, which usually, which for me is about 20 hearts. So that's sort of my, that's my goal is like full stamina and 20 hearts. And then uh, that's where I'm going after Ganon.
0: Yeah. When I was playing Zelda, I had very conflicting thoughts on it. I guess I sort because everyone was treating it as the game of the millennia. Whenever critics and fans hype up a game, and you know a game is hyped when people start launching DDoS attacks on anyone who gives a game anything below a 9 or a 10, when you get to that point, you know a game is getting that hype. And what it does to some people, and I hate to say it happens to me, but it does happen to me on some games, because I don't want to get caught up in the hype Sometimes I focus on my critiques of a game more than what I like and it sort of harms my enjoyment of a game at least in the temporary. Uh, Donald, do you do you have an idea of what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, like you're you don't want to like you don't want to feel like you're falling you you're not you don't want to go out and like oh this game is like the the greatest game that's ever been pressed to disk. So you want to say like you want you're looking for reasons to not say this is the greatest of all time and right. i and i can definitely see where you would be where where you have way more experience with open world games than i do you would see things wrong with zelda that maybe i won't because my experience on these is on these type of open world games is rather limited
0: maybe zelda is unlike any open world game that i think has been made before because it just it doesn't take inspiration really from Witcher or Skyrim or a lot of games that you think it would. It kind of just goes, here's a lot of the principles that people have come up with before, and Nintendo's kind of reinventing the open world as if an open world hasn't been invented before. And I thought that would turn into a really bad game, but it has turned into a really good game. And way better than really good. It's just I'll I'll get into that in a second. What happens is, Nintendo does some things that you're like, oh, if they did play a couple more games, they would realize that maybe weapon degradation should not be this harsh. Stamina should not be this harsh. Uh, this This is, like, this game is really hard and challenging, and that's beautiful, but the stamina and the item management and the weapon degradation is something that they could have easily improved on if they did take a tiny bit more inspiration. So those things really nag me, because yeah. the stamina dictates a lot of your progress in the game. Or it doesn't dictate your progress, but it dictates how much fun you have climbing up mountains, which in the early goings is not much fun at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think with the weapon yeah. degradation, I think I think it was on the Player One Fora where somebody mentioned that they it caused them to treat the game like a roguelike. I don't like roguelikes so that's probably gonna be a sticking point for me at some point but the way this game throws weapon like this game throws weapons at you like you wouldn't believe so it's not a matter of oh I'm running like I don't have enough weapons to do what I want it's I've got too many weapons right now and it's right. hard to decide which one is the one to keep and which one is the one to you know fling at a bob- a bombkin for massive damage.
0: And, Donald, I did soften on the weapon degradation, especially after I completed the game, and I, and I got a feel for what this game was actually about. For all that stuff I said, and and also the real dungeons, I have... I, I, there were at least two or two of those dungeons, maybe three that I'm not much of a fan of. On the other hand, for those criticisms, I think it's the most realized exploration i've played in a game before there's it's just so fun to explore things and it feels like you're exploring a real world in ways that open worlds don't do and it gives you a sense of a sense of wonderment and wonder and fun and like magic that Open world games don't really give you, and, and I love some open world games. GTA 4, favorite game ever. GTA 5, top 10. Red Dead Redemption, top 10. It's, I love open worlds. Love great open worlds. Zelda does something that other open worlds haven't done. And it's just, it gives you a real sense of, I'm actually in this world I'm going to explore that the same way I would explore something if I was a person in real life. And the world, despite the fact that it's fucking Hyrule from the Legend of Zelda series, it feels more real than almost any open world game I've I've experienced in any game ever. And there's just, there's something really wonderful about existing in Hyrule that, to touch on something Alola Gringes just said, but Alex, I thought you said it would be just another open-world game. And at the time, based on their preview coverage, I don't take back what I said. They showed off that game relatively poorly, in my opinion, at least to market towards the Alex sensibilities. Because the beauty of Zelda, and the wonder of Zelda, and the things that are best about Zelda, this specific Zelda, you they don't really hit you properly until a few days of playing it, until you have a few days of going, okay, I did a few story beats, I went to a couple waypoints, but now I'm at this waypoint, and I'm going to go here, and look, there's the shrine, and look, I'm going to go here, and I found this crazy island that I'm not going to say anything about. And look, look over here, I found this environment slowly but subtly change, and look, I found this, this gang of enemies that I can approach from any direction, like it's Metal Gear Solid Five. And look, it's, it's me rediscovering the stealth of the combat. You don't really realize how good Zelda is until you let the story sink in a little bit and you get a good day or two of getting properly lost and just wandering around for a few hours. That's when Zelda really clicked with me. It's not a perfect video game by any means. It's still going to rank up, I think, long-term I'm not, it's not like, I, it's way too early to say where it stacks up in top 50. It's, it's probably top 50 somewhere. I just don't know where. It's too early to say that. What I will say is, in the zeitgeist, this game will stand up with Link to the Past, with Ocarina of Time, with Super Mario 64, and. Mario 3 and Mario World and all these other games that are, that are considered the upper echelon of classic Nintendo. Breath of the Wild is going to go down in history as one of those games. And it's just as flawed as any of those games. And it has certain mechanics that are going to age just as poorly as some of the mechanics in just of those games. But that does not take away the fact that it is a wonderful, wonderful game and it, it's the best Nintendo game <laughs> Nintendo's made in a very long time. And, th- and this comes from someone who really loves his Splatoon and really loves his Mario Maker and really loves his 3D Land and his Donkey Kong Country Returns. Breath of the Wild is really special and I recognize that. And I think it's a game people should really play and put some time into.
1: Yeah. And I think we're seeing that like people are adopting this game i mean sure you, the reports came out this week like oh horizon sold 2.5 million but you know what i i don't think nintendo cares and i don't think they should because what they've like what they've got is something that if it if it is as you said it's in that zeitgeist of you know best games nintendo's ever made then people are going to be buying and playing this thing for god years decades to come and who knows, maybe at some point we get like the Mario All-Stars remake that irons out some of these holes, like, I don't know, maybe fixes the stamina system, makes it less less punishing in the early going of the game.
0: And at the same time, Donald, I, I do... I, I see what... I see the potential for exactly what you're saying. In another sense, I don't know if I want them to touch this game because... Another thing I felt as this as I played this game is exactly what Aonuma and everyone was saying. This game is in a lot of ways a rethought of the original Legend of Zelda. And and a, and it nails it. I think what's the Lionel? Is is that what they are?
1: Yeah. Uh, like the the ones that are even harder than the Guardians? The Lions. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the Lionel's, it's seeing a Lionel or seeing an Rock, and then wandering the world and realizing that there's no straightforward difficulty progression and especially how hard that game is there's a really classic feeling to playing that game that i'm scared that even if they take away one of the things i don't like it just won't be the same anymore i'm scared of them touching that game Yeah,
1: and because they tried the you can do this out of order thing with with low rule in Link Between Worlds, and it works
0: way better here. It, it's yeah. they they, they and, pulled it off way better here.
1: Yeah, and I Link Link Between Worlds I think is like my favorite prior to Breath of the Wild, which I'm still working through, so I can't say for sure. But I think it's my favorite Zelda game since Link since Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about dramatically improving something that was already really fun to begin with. Yeah.
0: Breath of the Wild is a special game. I hope you, you keep playing it, Donald. I, if anyone thinks that I s- played the game too quickly, that I rushed through it in 35 hours, I did do about 50 shrines, and then, which is, I think, maybe uh, a third to a half of them. I did do a lot of exploration. I did enjoy my time. The thing with me is I've played enough video games in the context of writing for a website and doing a podcast for a website and all that stuff for, for a few years now that I've gotten really good at playing video games efficiently. So I get my Zelda experience the same way someone who's played at 40 or 50 hours is. It's just, I know how to find a good balance between mainlining and sort of going off the beaten path in a way that works for me specifically. But by no means did I, did I rush in Zelda?
1: Yeah, and if you're wondering, I put a hint as to the number you're looking for in, in our private chat here.
0: Yeah. Oh, let me see. Let me see. I, I need to actually see that. Oh, it's the... Uh... Oh, I see. I see.
1: Funny funny how that works, although, I I'm just, I mean, I could see you going for the shrines, but given what we found out about what happens if you get all the Korok seeds, I think you know, maybe lay off after you get all the inventory slots unlocked.
0: Yeah. Yep. 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 We got some questions in the chat. Should I wait for more third parties before buying a switch in case third party support is bad in the future? If you care about third party support, you should get a PlayStation four. And I don't say that in a negative way. PlayStation four is so far my favorite system of the generation based on what I've played, based on the games that have come out, based on the games that are coming out, PlayStation 4 is absolutely worth it if you have an extra $200 lying around, which which not many people necessarily do. But if you want third-party games, get a PS4. The Nintendo Switch is a system you get for Nintendo games and also a few select third-parties namely indie developers who really, really, really love Nintendo. Those are the two things you buy Nintendo systems for now. Nintendo games and third parties who really love Nintendo.
1: And to a lesser extent with what we saw at PAX, if you really care about local co-op or local play, then you probably should get a Switch. Because, you know, random random milk sessions in the hallway outside the, the Nintendo where panel aside there's a lot of really good local multiplayer stuff coming that's coming to the switch and it the switch is equipped out of the box to play it. Mm.
0: flame and ashes where does the Zelda series go from here in your opinion Donald do, do you have a thought on this
1: uh, you know they showed the like the Zelda maker thing in the and their GDC talk and with the the making of video that they had that went up the videos they showed on their on their YouTube channel this week. I don't think we go there, but I I want to see them maybe do another take another crack at a 2D Zelda, but in see if they can do for like a Link to the Past what Breath of the Wild did for the original Zelda. I just I don't know how they do that but i also don't want to wait another 5 years for them to find out so if they go isn't with that something isn't
0: Ocarina of Time in a lot of ways though hmm. Ocarina of Time does feel like a realization of link to the past in 3D link to the... neil had this opinion i think in his review and he think and i think he told me i wish he was here so i could argue with him about it but he had this this opinion that breath of the wild is the real Mario 64 for the Zelda series, and I think Justin Barubi had the same argument, and Ocarina of Time is just linked to the past in 3D. Ocarina of Time is absolutely the Super Mario 64 to link to the past. Breath of the Wild is the Super Mario 64 to Ocarina of Time. It is that level of gap, but don't discount the level of uh, the
1: the heights that the aggressively
0: grave choices that were made in order yeah. to create Ocarina of Time.
1: Yeah. Well, if if we can't do that, then at least maybe tell a different story in a, like a 2D fr- in an you know the, the classic Zelda framework. Just don't make me wait 5 or 6 years for the next full Zelda game.
0: Yeah. I think this this story in this game does that pretty well of yeah going in a completely different direction in the story. There's a lot to say about the story, because what it does, it does really well. The tone is so dark, in a way I really appreciate. It is dark, almost in the way the original Zelda game is, and Zelda 2 is, where... mm, I'm not going to say anything. But it does—it does have a very retro darkness to it that I think is really neat.
1: Hey, I know I haven't—I know I've died in Breath of the Wild like no Zelda game I've played since I tried to. Since I actually managed to beat Zelda too.
0: Mm-hmm. Where do you go from here with uh, 3D Zelda? I think the way to go for. Did you see those 10-minute videos that Nintendo just put out, the making of Breath of the Wild?
1: The making of, yeah. Like They basically summarize. Like it was, seemed to be a summary of what they went over at, at GDC.
0: They had this idea where UFOs would come down from the sky and aliens would attack, which is like, they, they kind of did a half-step with the Guardians, which uh, that's not a spoiler at all. The Guardians aren't or are or aren't necessarily, aliens are not a factor in the story at all. It's, which is not a spoiler to, to speak of. But I think that if they went in that future Zelda direction, in the same way there's that cyberpunk game that, that's not made by the Dark Souls team, but people are trying to tout as cyber Dark Souls, Cyber Zelda, with a creative Nintendo touch, would be a Super Mario Galaxy... Uh, Super Mario sixty four to Super Mario Galaxy type move, I yeah. think. Or, or, or maybe Astro let, Zelda. Sp- yeah, or Zelda. Yeah.
1: Space Zelda. Or even like Al Numa's talked about doing like something completely new with like a playing as a thief in is something he wants to do after I guess after this. Let him loose. Maybe maybe Zelda, you know, this is the Zelda for a long time and we see something new out of that team.
0: Yeah. Or alternatively, maybe Zelda stars in the next Zelda. Because they they considered doing it this time and they they made a decision against it. They the making of basically says how important Zelda is to that story. And Zelda, despite her voice acting, is, is very important to that story. I'd be open to a Zelda game that stars Zelda. I think they're gonna get a little scared and they're gonna make an optional. Zelda or Link can be the hero of the story, and they sort of flip the script. But Zelda starring Zelda is an alright way to do a Zelda game.
1: But for all we know, that'll come in the DLC.
0: That could come in the DLC. That's a fair point. Alola Greninja also makes the point that you should get a Switch if you care a lot about Japanese third parties. But also no. on PlayStation 4, it's the only way to get Yakuza Zero and Nier Automata outside of PC because I don't think that's on Xbox One and also Persona 5 if you don't have a PS3 and also a bunch of other games.
1: Neo. J- Neo. And, and well, new story, actual bit of news here that uh, Disney Afternoon Collection. Is going to be on PS4 and Xbox One and PC, but at least for now, is not coming to Switch. Which that you know, that's my childhood.
0: Yeah, that, that's Ducktales one and two, Chippendale one and two.
1: Uh, Tailspin and Darkwing Duck.
0: Tailspin and Darkwing Duck. It's all these NES games not coming to the Nintendo system, which sucks. It really sucks. And I would play. I would pay fifteen bucks for a 3DS version in eight months. I just. I want to play those games on a Nintendo system, yeah. which I say because I've never played any of those games before. It's a bit being being a wee child <laughs> that I yeah. am.
1: I I just because I know the 3DS version had some issues for the Mega in the Mega Man Legacy Collection, like especially if you like if you got the like the I think when the digital copies had some trouble, which is where I got it. But the like I would think at this point the Switch would be enough to brute force whatever engine that they're making. But for whatever reason, Capcom is testing the waters with uh, Ultra Street Fighter 2, which played that at PAX. Is, it's Street Fighter 2, but Street Fighter 2 is a really damn good game. So a spicier version of that, I, I'm down. But if that, if that doesn't go as well as Capcom is hoping, like if it sells like Street Fighter 5, then um, we may not see that on the Switch at all. Yeah. Nintendo
0: says, our, our friend Don Koopman, he was on a few weeks ago. Fire Emblem becoming A-tier franchise makes me very happy. Just going back to the Fire Emblem point, mostly he's a big fan of that franchise. I agree. I, I also said this uh, a while back. Fire Emblem is now a Nintendo A-tier franchise, considering we have like six Fire Emblem games, or six different games with the Fire Emblem name that are coming out in, in uh, two years. Yeah, it's awesome. My only concern is that as it becomes an A-tier franchise, Nintendo starts making them play it more safe in the same way Pokemon's been playing it more safe, and we end up with Fire Emblem Awakening as the next six main games in the franchise. That's the one thing I'm scared of. I love this so long as they keep reinventing Fire Emblem, and I'm... Fire Emblem Awakening is a great video game, and also, Intelligent Systems, simply put, has not had the best track record in the last five years. (laughs) They made the two poor Paper Mario games, or at least compared to other Paper Mario games. They made Fire Emblem Conquest, they made all the Fire Emblem Fates games. Some people love them. But I, me and Neil are two people who did not fall in love with those games, and I don't think it's unfair we did, because it did feel like one game split across three different games. And then the story, despite them leaning in on it more, was also worse than it was in Awakening. And then also the mobile game is like kind of whack in some ways, which we talked about on a previous episode. So there are some things I'm worried about with the future of this franchise. But yes, I am tentatively excited for Fire Emblem becoming an A-tier Nintendo franchise. What uh, what else do we have? I, I think we just got to move on to our, our two news stories, don't we, Donald?
1: Yeah. And some and I guess starting out with some good news for Nintendo, it seems like the way like Zelda is taking off in a way that it is, dry, it is bringing Switch sales with it because... We had a report out this this morning from the Wall Street Journal uh, stating that originally Nintendo had planned to ship about 8 million Switches in the next 12 months after March 31st, and apparently they've doubled that. They're talking 16 million Switches in one year.
0: I hope they sell that many. I think the Switch is a great system. I think Zelda's a great game. I think all the games that they're putting out on the Switch look great. 16 million seems a little aggressive because there is some interest and it is part of the zeitgeist, but it's not part of the zeitgeist in the same way the DS was in the same way the Wii was. And I just don't think it's there yet until the software can back it up.
1: But that's... And that's why they have this... They seem to be going with the... You know, one... There is going to be one big Nintendo release in a month and if they're doing it based on a Wii U game, well, guess what? Not many people bought the Wii U. And if, if this... 16 million shipment actually happens they will outsell the wii u over four and a half which took about four and a half years to get where it got to probably at christmas that seems a little extreme but it's it's entirely possible that if if the if stuff like mario kart deluxe and and splatoon 2 and mario odyssey do their jobs then yeah, this thing we're like sixteen million in a year. That is Wii territory. Like that Let's is. Look, Wii,
0: yeah, mm, it, I know what you're saying. I would just I would like to think about these other numbers. PlayStation Four. People were excited about it. It was in the zeitgeist for a while. Did not have the same quality of game as the Switch, but it sold. It went from uh, November to August to sell its first ten million, and then. Switch is purporting that it could sell 1.5 that in only a few months more. The Xbox One didn't necessarily entirely land. It took a year to do 10 million. And granted, those are two systems that are competing against each other. So you could say 20 to 25 million bought consoles like that in a one-year time period. I just think 16 million is aggressive based on what the Switch looks like at this minute in 2017. Now that could change, and they might have something real sweet up their sleeves that they might be, okay, no, 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 we can really sell a lot of these things.
1: Like Pokemon?
0: Like Pokemon, if that's coming out this year, and if it's a really good Pokemon. But the more I see of Switch, and it's so early to make this prediction, so my prediction is worth shit right now. The N64 sold 35 million, I think, worldwide, and the 3DS is at like.
1: 3DS is 65 million probably by now.
0: 45 million. 40 to 45 million is what I see of the Switch. Like three times as good as the the, uh, Wii U, and I think it has a certain lifespan ahead of it. It's just maybe 60 million just seems a tiny bit aggressive 16, to right 16
1: million in 12 months now because they've already had to, they've already apparently had to ramp up production beyond what they planned to get like to get that critical you know they they put, said 2 million this fiscal year so 2 million in march and apparently they have to ship out an emergency supply and for what it you know this is purely anecdotal but whenever i see on the neogaf in the canadian deals thread oh switches are up here Five minutes later, oh, they're gone. Yeah. So the, these things are, if it's in the zeitgeist, Nintendo is striking while the iron's hot, and they are selling, and these are going, I think this is going to do some surprising numbers for people. And again, you have the factor of, sure, a lot of people bought Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U, but guess what? 13 million people bought the Wii U, and there three times as many people bought Mario Kart on the Wii. So for a lot of people, this could be the first Mario Kart they've played in a decade. And yeah. and that could be a sales driver. I mean, we tried arms, it seems like it could be it could be something or it could fall flat. But you know what? Spoiler, a bit of spoiler. Most of the Wii sports games are in Breath of the Wild in some fashion. Yeah. So you can go you can go hunting for those. And then you get into the summer. Because we still have, like, I think we're, we're probably due for a Nintendo Direct at some point in the next six weeks. And then that'll take us into E3, where they can do stuff like Smash Brothers. and po- And somewhere in between there, we're probably going to see a Pokemon announcement. Mm. Because that's what Pokemon Company does.
0: We got some chat here. Do you think Breath of the Wild makes Mario Odyssey more promising? Or rather, is Mario Odyssey worrying considering the quick release of the Switch? I'm going to tell you about some of the 3D Mario games. Mario 64 came out on the first day of the Nintendo 64 with two other launch games. And it's considered, like I said, in the upper echelon of the games Nintendo made ever. And that's not my words. I'm actually like, I never beat Mario 64. Mario 64 is not my game. But in the the large majority of Nintendo fans, Mario 64 is one of the most special Mario games. Super Mario 3D Land came out the first year of the 3DS, a system that was not even doing that hot. To me, I think it's the best Mario game that's came out. It's my favorite Mario game, and I think it's, it's the best 3D Mario game to me. You got Mario Galaxy. Another game that came out, and maybe it wasn't at the exact same time frame, but it didn't come out much further than that. And
1: basically, the one it was basically the Wii's first anniversary game,
0: right? And that ends up being also the, uh, the one all-time. of uh, an all timer to a lot of people. And then you got 3D World, which came out like a year later, a little more than a year later, I think. Or it, it was it was about a year later. It, it yeah. was
1: like. It was that same weekend, essentially,
0: and I don't think there's been a less inspired 3D Mario game than that one. Well, it's it, it has one of it has one of the longer like distances for the first 3D Mario game, and it, it might even be the most. It's not counting like Galaxy Two, obviously. And I think that that might be the lesser 3D Mario. So I'd I trust EAD Tokyo on yeah. coming out with, with a really good 3D Mario and, game.
1: And realistically, EAD Tokyo has been working on this game for four years. By the time... has been working on Odyssey for about four years by the time it comes out. If you assume that they started right after 3D World wrapped. And you know, with Nintendo, sometimes, you know, it takes a lot of time to create a diamond. But... The like EAD Tokyo doesn't have to do as you know it's I, I don't know if Mario Odyssey is going to have the scope that Breath of the Wild did but if they've got you know four years they can go in and they can look at gameplay concepts and say okay this is going to work maybe this one doesn't we iron that out a little bit because we have four, like we've had four years to work on this so like this game is probably getting this is going to be polished to a fine shine And our game of the year this year is probably going to be very interesting considering we're going to have Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey probably at 1 and and 2, and it's probably going to be a fight to see which one's number one.
0: If we're counting all the platforms, there's like five or six games... That could be like greatest of all time list material. Not just Nintendo platform, but like people are, are freaking out over Nier. People are freaking out over the new Yakuza. People are freaking out over Horizon. People are freaking out over Zelda, over Neo, over probably Mario later this year, over Persona 5 already in multiple territories, over all these other games that are coming out that it's Red Dead Redemption's coming out this year. And like you know they've been working on that game for fucking forever. It's, too, it's, or the new it, Prey
1: game could come, and we don't, and there's stuff we don't even probably even know about that could come out of nowhere and be really really good. Like, yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda is like the is a nice chaser. Hey, is something. Okay, we don't really have to worry about this for now. We can set it aside <laughs> and concentrate on things that are actually good.
0: Yo, the new Mass Effect looks like shit. <laughs> it looks
1: I, I, like I didn't really shit. I, I did. It's so striking when you see PS3 quality animation running on a PS4. It's like... What you're
0: you you're doing, doing a disservice to the, the PS3, Donald!
1: You, hey, I'll hey, I'll probably end up playing Persona 5 on the PS3, so...
0: Mass Effect 2 is top 20 game material to me. Like, it's it's literally in the top 20 in, in my list. I think Mass Effect 2 is a triumph of, like, Space Odyssey video gaming. And I That's I think it, it's... It's, too it's bad incredible.
1: If, if they follow on from a game that I literally rage quit out of.
0: And granted, every other Mass Effect game, except maybe the first one, there may be some problems. But Mass Effect Two is a wonderful game. I was watching the Giant Bomb stream. That game looks so bad. The animation looks bad. The story looks bad. It's you had Keith David. Here's this third-rate comedian who and. In- Kumail, I know I know Kumail, I've seen the show, I've seen his stand-up before, he's still no Keith David, and also his voice acting is not very good in that game, the facial animations are even worse than people said, I thought it was like 4chan level, oh, this game is shit, no, it's exactly as bad as people are saying, the combat looks uninspired, the game looks like there's like, it looks more loady. <laughs> than like the previous Mass you, Effect games? You, you know
1: what? Mass Effect's 10th anniversary is in November. I'm really starting to get the feeling that maybe they should have held this game off for the 10th anniversary.
0: No, it, it wouldn't have been better. Like, the stuff that's bad about this game, I think, is at its core. I, I recommend people watch the Giant Bomb stream if they have curiosity. Cherry Goblin asks Are the Mass Effect animation shit or is the gameplay shit? I think Mass Effect gameplay is perfectly fine. I, I think it's, it's good third person gameplay. And I, I haven't played the new game, but the combat seems fine in that game. I just, I, if you're going to die on, on, a, on a, if you're going to post a flag and, and die on a hill, this is not the one to do it. It's it's the Mass Effect gameplay is not the one. Cherry Goblin. Will Xenoblade Two come out this year? Probably not. I hope um, so, but probably not.
1: I think I think I'll be able to play it this year by way of the Japanese eShop, but I don't think it's coming out in English.
0: Mac, Mac O X. Thanks for mentioning Nier Automata. Going to Steam to wishlist it. <clears throat> You're welcome. That game is really good. I did beat I... an ending of it. I. It's really. Weird and makes uh, you feel bad, and you can you can tell they hate violence. Whoever made that game, not Platinum, I, but specifically Yoko Taro.
1: Do I need to play Near before I go into this? No, can I go in I mind? never
0: played Near. I never thought of Near. I watched a video about Super ha- Bunny Hop on it, but
1: I have I have had the disc for longer than I've had my 360, and I kind of wanted to experience that game, especially. But I had and I had the last ending spoiled on me. Yeah. So. I, I, but I want to see what leads up to that so I, I think I'm, I'm gonna get to automata it's hopefully at some point this year I just don't know
0: when this game takes place literally thousands of years after the previous games so it's it takes that sort of like sequel reboot concept and goes way further with it than any movie franchise you can think of so that, that's near automata Let's, I'm gonna take two-ish more questions with region free accounts how will they work once switch internet is paid will fees be tied to each system reach account or would it not lock out eShop regardless?
1: The like they'll take your money regardless. So you'll yeah. be able so if you're paying for a Nintendo account, Nintendo online account in one region, that's probably going to be all you need. The rest of it can be sold like can be the equivalent of you know Xbox Live Silver if you want. Mm. But because like right now, like I can go on and if I get a like a PlayStation like a Japanese PSN card or I still have to try my debit card, uh I can get any game I want off the Japanese eShop, and that's probably not, that's not gonna change once they bring in the paid accounts.
0: No, no, no. But it's it's PlayAsia is gonna take care of you no matter what. And eShop access is eShop access is always the same. Like well, Online store access is always the yeah. same because they want to take your money and they want to make it as easy as possible to take your money.
1: Well, if that's the case, why, why can't I save my bloody credit card on there? <laughs> it's,
0: it's a fair point, Don. Um, Casey Gibson, I'm playing I'm praying Animal Crossing is shown at E3 for holiday. No, we got too many games coming out this year. I think we got uh, Mario leading this holiday – Uh, pokemon and smash leading next holiday not not a new smash but like an old what but the old smash reading the
1: remake although they did show like there's like four mysterious smash amiibo that are going through approval process right now um those might be coming out smash might be coming out sooner than we think okay and i and i'm the one who said it'd be out by the end of september okay so
0: maybe it comes out sooner. Maybe that's like an E3 surprise type thing, which yep. would make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, like it, it probably gets announced at E3, and it's going to be on by like within the quarter. Animal
0: Crossing, out. though, I think, and Donald, maybe you agree with me on this. Next year, or the year after.
1: Next year, at the earliest, yeah. Between po, but probably between Pokemon, Fire <sighs> Emblem Warriors, and Mario Odyssey, and outside shot at Xenoblade Two. I think Nintendo's got plenty for holiday that they don't need to use Animal Crossing yet. Yeah, yeah,
0: they don't they don't need it yet. And in fact, I think they'd be blowing their wad a little too early if, if they I if they already have a version of all these games out in year one.
1: Yeah, it, it, if if nothing else, they need something to, for year two because I don't know what franchises are going to bring around again. Plus, they have the Animal Crossing mobile game they still have to bring out before the end of the fiscal year.
0: Fire Emblem and Pokemon next year. That's that's what I think, and I think Animal Crossing maybe the year after that. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's uh, that. That's all we got from this show. I'm I'm very sleepy, Donald.
1: Yeah. Although I will say uh, one final thing: if you're if you've got a Switch game, there's a very good chance that it's got an update right now. All of the Arcade Archives games have been patched to make it so they don't look like Wii U virtual console games. Super Bomberman R has a control patch out, and Blaster Master Zero is now capable of using the Pro Controller.
0: And it's the first of many patches in Bomberman. Like, they, they said, like, there's going to be several patches to that game, yeah. it sounds like. And but, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know where Konami's finding those developers, but.
1: The, they're probably pulling them out of the janitorial pool again.
0: Yeah, probably probably donald that's our show i'm so tired <laughs> it's, yeah. it's been a long night if it's all it's 11:13 my time 12:13 donald's time patreon.com slash nwr support the website that keeps us afloat and also go on itunes nintendo news report get the audio version of this show and also review us let us know how you like us because that makes us feel good
1: yeah and uh, since you mentioned Casey Gibson's in, in the chat room here, uh, they've had they those guys were all over PAX, getting interviews with any developers and with uh, and getting video as well. So uh, look for their stuff on the Talk Nintendo podcast, which is linked on our website. And they are and they uh, and we have some we have footage of several games that we played at PAX. I think we have about a forty-five minute video coming for a Switch game that will be out next month.
0: Right. Casey, good point. Because Casey, uh, very good, took our pictures for us, got our audio for our Pax panel. It's top notch. Thank you very much. A little shout out. We uh, we will be having. Uh, oh wait, no, or was it Perry? It's they, they look similar hey, to-
1: Casey and Perry, Perry, they're they're the hosts. Casey talking and Perry,
0: now. they they did a
1: lot for our show. Perry is also insane. He had cow stomach at the dim sum. Oh boy, did, did he really? There, there. Somebody said, "Yeah, we'll take that bowl." And Perry,
0: he, Perry you know, took you know, the go. audio and the pictures, but Casey was also rad. Thank you, Perry. Thank you, Casey. You're both the best. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure I had that straightened out. And yeah, he had cow stomach. You're saying?
1: Yeah, there. Somebody, somebody said yes to the cow stomach at at the uh, traditional NWR dim sum at Pax East, and uh, I had one piece. A uh, friend of the show, Jane, had one piece, and Perry had the rest of it. Yeah. yeah it's
0: crazy 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 guys hopefully they'll be on the show very very soon neil and zach hopefully on at some point and in the very near future donald's on twitter at donald mick d-o-n-a-l-d-m-i-c-k also at nfr podcast nintendo free radio that's his other podcast and I am at C-U-L-A-F-I-A that is Kulafi ah that is our show see you next week Kutar is Kutar good night bye